Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where motivated women achieve fulfillment and well-being. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. Just, you're going to be in for a good ride. I'm a woman. I would prefer to, to tell my own story. My story, though it's very personal, is universal. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. And now your host, Giovanna Rossi. Giovanna Rossi here and welcome to another episode of The Well Woman Show, where I interview women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs about their lives and their road to becoming and being who they are today. Are you at the top of your game professionally but feeling burned out or finding it hard to focus on your goals or unfulfilled personally? Or are you in transition, simply juggling so many things you find it hard to take care of your own needs? Well, you're not alone. We all need to activate the four universal superpowers. These are the internal strengths and abilities we all already have, but don't use all the time. Superpowers can be cultivated and they include awareness, intuition, action, and acceptance. Toward the end of the show in a segment called superpowers for success, I ask my guest about her superpowers and the answers will give you the strength, perspective, and power to live a well woman life. I'm so happy you're here. So thanks for tuning in. This episode of The Well Woman Show is brought to you by Collective Action Strategies, supporting organizations that support women and families, and by Well Woman Life Movement Challenge Quiz, your resource for living your best life. If you're in burnout or major transition, this is your time to figure out what's holding you back from making the changes you need to make in order to live your fullest, most joyful life. The cause of all of our challenges, personal or professional, can actually be rooted in the lack of internal superpowers and or external supports. Our Well Woman Life Framework tells you which stage of the Well Woman Life Cycle you're in and what to do about it so you can truly live your best life. You can find out more at wellwomanlife.com slash quiz. I'm so thankful for support from Natural Awakenings Magazine in New Mexico, a monthly green healthy lifestyle publication. And for support from High Desert Yoga, promoting optimum physical health, clarity of mind, and spiritual inspiration for all. Hello, hello, well women. It's Giovanna Rossi here, and happy holidays, wherever you are, whatever you're celebrating or not celebrating, whoever you're with or not with, you do have yourself, and that is a good thing. So why do I say that? Well, I think that we uh, rely on external circumstances way too much, and we need to really be able to rely on ourselves and say, you know, I have me, and that's enough. And uh, I, I say this because of lots of conversations recently with people about stress over the holidays and having to do this and that and be here and there and spend time with people or family that you don't usually spend time with and how stressful it is. And um, so I just really want to urge you to take a step back, take a deep breath and be okay with being with yourself. And when you're really comfortable with yourself, being around other people is easy, right? Because it's like, well... I don't have to take on their stuff. I don't have to take on the issues, the the circumstances. Um, I can just be me and I can rely on me and be happy with me. 
So if that resonates with you, you're going to really enjoy this week's show, which is all about being a seeker and what being a seeker means to you in in your life and how you can use that during this holiday season. And for me, it's really being able to ask questions, right? I'm super curious anyway. And that's why I love interviewing people because I can be really nosy and ask them all kinds of questions. Um, and you can do that in your own life, right? Question, question things, question um, what you're doing and why, question uh, who you're spending time with. Um, when you are at a holiday party or a family gathering, ask questions. That's one of those great ice-breaking sort of things that you can do. If there's a lull in conversation or you just are kind of bored with the conversation, you can change it by asking questions. And um, so that's a great tool. And that ties in with today's episode, being a seeker, because when you're a seeker, you are searching for, um, you know, you have a lot of questions. You're searching for information. And today on the show, I interview Lori Gerber, who has been coaching individuals and groups for over 15 years as head coach at the Handel Group Life Coaching. Lori teaches people to tell the truth and pursue their dreams through live events, one-on-one coaching, online coaching courses, as a writer on radio and in frequent TV appearances. So what you'll learn on this episode is how to start your dream and be the author of your life. So important and so good. Um, How to prioritize career and love. um, And then how to overcome quote unquote weather reporting, which is what Lori Gerber calls this. And I'll give you a hint. It's how to stop believing what you think. And we've talked about this a lot before with different other guests. Um, but I think you'll really enjoy this particular take on how to overcome, you know, the things in your head, right? What we're thinking. So um, I invite you to sit back with your favorite beverage, whether it's a little glass of wine or a hot cup of tea and really enjoy this. And if you're driving or um, exercising, uh, just really take this in. And I wish you from the bottom of my heart, a very well woman holiday this season. Now to Lori Gerber. I'm speaking with Lori Gerber today. Welcome to the program. Thank you. So happy to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you because I have uh, recently become very familiar with you and your program and um, just the whole thing, the whole topic that we're going to get into today, which is so awesome and I love it. So Lori, but let's just start with um, telling me kind of who you are in the world, in, in in the context of your life, in the world, who you are, what you're up to. Thank you for making that such an open question that I can answer however I want. Um, I am a seeker. I am someone who has been obsessed with the question how to be happy and at peace my entire life. 
Um, so I started my life by age of 11 doing Tai Chi, by age of 20 living at an ashram, by age of 30 trying, having tried every self-help course, book, guru I could get my hands on, and of course therapy and yoga, type, you know, yoga, et cetera. So I am a seeker, and I'm someone who is profoundly interested in how to be happy and free. And then about 15 years ago, I knew Lauren Handel-Zander, who is one of the co-founders of the Handel Group, in a women's group. And I looked at my life, and I looked at her life. My life looked very good on paper. Two little kids, cute husband, you know, owned my own business, living in New York City in my own apartment with with this lovely family, making my own schedule. And I was miserable despite all that Mm self-help. And I looked over at my friend Lauren and she was literally buoyant. She was literally Mm -hmm. what I would consider to be enlightened. She was actually bouncing around in her life, even though she also had two small children and a husband and a business and an apartment in New York City. She saw no competition between having a great family life and love life and having a great career. She was well-rested. She was exercising. She was having sex with her husband. And I just took one look at her and said, oh, I must have missed a class. There must must be something you learned in all this because she had done a bunch of self-help too, but something had alchemized in her. And so I hired her. And within about six months of learning the Handel Method myself, I cleaned up and changed almost every important area of my life. I saved my marriage. I fixed my health. I quit sugar. I learned to exercise. I figured out how to sleep. I figured out how to get my kids to sleep. I um, you know, resolve family relationships. And then we looked wow. at my career, right? So then it was like, oh, what do you want to actually do with this life of yours that is now working so much better? And um, long story short, the answer was, I want to do what you do, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at first I didn't think I could, but that was re- really my answer. I thought life coaching sounded kind of dumb, um, especially at that time. It really didn't even exist. But, but I loved what she had done with me. And so then when unexpectedly about a month later, an executive position opened up at Handel Group to run the life coaching division, we have a corporate division, we have a, uh, an education division, we teach the method at MIT and Stanford and NYU and Yale, uh, and then we have this life coaching division where we help human individuals. And that position miraculously and unexpectedly opened up. They all of a sudden needed somebody to run that part of the company, which is essentially what I was doing anyway in my business, but for something I really cared about now and believed in. I was all the way already getting, you know, trained in the method. And I said, yes, sign me up. That's my job. Mm. And built, you know, and built with Lauren really from the very beginning, built the life coaching part of our company. And now in my about, I think I'm in my 15th year now with Handel Group, I get to kind of do what I love to do most, which is teach about it, speak about it, talk about it, film about it, and just see if I can help as many humans as possible change their mind like Lauren did for me. Wow. Okay. So there's so much in what you just shared. I just want to dig into a couple of things. One is, um, so are you an employee of, of the handle group or did you create your own like, you know, consulting business or whatever out of that? I am an employee okay. and an executive and the head coach and an owner. Oh, and an owner. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So digging back into where you first started with your introduction, you called yourself a seeker and you kind of laid the foundation with um, really starting very young. Why do you think you were seeking help, like happiness and whatever else you, I think you said health and happiness um, in your life. So at, at such a young age. Very simple. My mother was one. 
my mother was a seeker and her mother was a seeker. Um, so I think most of us actually just repeat our lineage unknowingly, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was doing. So number one, that's my number one reason. My number two reason was because I wasn't happy. I wasn't resolved with my relationships with my parents. I wasn't, you know, eating in a way that made me feel good. I wasn't conducting business in a way that made me feel good. I wasn't living my life in a way that made me feel good. So I knew, you know, that there was something better, but I didn't know how to get it. And so I was hungry. Mm. I I just think so many people uh, wait so long before, uh, before putting that seeker hat on or, or, you know, really going down that path of of trying to find the answers. And, and I, I wonder, I mean, what it takes to, to shift that where, where a person says, okay, I'm really ready to, to figure this out. I mean, unfortunately, I think most people take hitting rock bottom. And I was kind of at rock bottom. I mean, I, I kind of was exhausted. Even. And my husband really was getting sick of me. And I really wasn't happy. Right. And and the things, the tools I had learned weren't using, weren't, weren't working either because I wasn't using them or because using them didn't make me happy. Even though so, on the outside, you, you looked like you had it all. Yeah. It was all. But that's that's true of so many of us, right? We can check the boxes, but it does not, it just doesn't make you happy. It's like the cliche of money doesn't make you happy or, you know, everybody's so dying to find the love of their life and then they find it. And then, you know, the other half of humans is complaining about their relationships. Mm -hmm. It's not, there's no panacea until you learn to manage your mind until you realize that you are the author of all of it. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was my turning point. And, And I think it really helped to see somebody who was walking the talk because I had been taught by many people who, you know, had brilliant things to say, but were not necessarily walking their own talk and did not have the courage to tell me where my thinking was skewed and did not have the courage to follow up and find out, was I doing anything about, Mm. you know, or the wherewithal to follow up and find out, was I actually going to do anything about my, my great insights? Yeah. So this was the first time I found a modality that hit me in the heart, the head and the body, right? Got me inspired, got me excited, got me to care and then also didn't buy any of my BS and then also followed me home to make sure I would do the things I said I would do. Mm, yeah. So I feel like we can go in cycles with this. Um, and I so resonate with what you're saying because um, I, I went through a sort of a, a major awakening like 15 years ago where I just woke up to my life that and I, I looked around and was sort of like it looked, everything looked, you know, on the outside like it was awesome but actually I was miserable. I mean, it was just what you just said. But um, so I started my own path of like really reconfiguring my life and, you know, calling off an engagement and like just really up uh, upheaval. It was just a big upheaval really. And, um, but I think we, things like life goes in ebbs and flows and we, we have these practices and then we kind of become complacent or, we start taking it for granted and like dropping off of what we were doing and we find ourselves back in, in burnout or rock bottom or whatever it was. Do you, have you found that you've been going through those cycles and how do you handle that? Well, what we would call the report on those cycles, we call that weather reporting. Like this is just how life seems to go. Like it just so happens. Childbirth is painful, except I don't believe childbirth is painful. Right. So, you know, if you leave humans to just sort of go with the flow of culture, that is what will happen. There will be an ebb and flow. 
But if you think that you are the author of your life, if you think that you have everything to do with what happens in your life, you realize that it's your responsibility to make sure that ebb doesn't happen. Right. Um, so, you know, we had a major ebb in our marriage, right? The marriage was great at the beginning, you know, falling in love and getting together and then made it through to having kids and then the excitement of having kids. And then, you know, year one or two of having kids and you're exhausted and you're not having sex and you're not connecting anymore and you're not doing any of the things you used to do to keep the marriage hot or connected. And for me, that was a big, a big ebb. And it got so close. It, I call it my near divorce experience <laughs> because it, it really got that bad. Right. And that's what it took for me to wake up and go, oh, I caused that ebb. That was not the way it is or the way it goes. Yes, it is the way it goes because everybody makes the same mistakes I made, but it, it's not predestined. It's not, you know, scientific. It's something that was caused by me stopping doing the things that are necessary to keep a relationship good and starting doing things that make it bad. And when I realized that, I realized I could change it. And now I know I can always change it, but I always have a say in that. Um, at least, you know, as long as my husband and I sort of remain the people that we are, that, that I have the ability to keep our relationship great or not. Yeah. So you talk a lot about personal responsibility here, really, don't you? Um, in this method. And so what, what is the role of, of personal responsibility really? I think it's just, it's at the core of what we teach. So we, we believe you're the author of your life. You may unconsciously be authoring the chapters, but it's still you. And that's, it's a little bit of a tough pill to swallow sometimes when you realize you've been messing something up and what you've been creating is so inconsistent with your vision, mm-hmm. but it's also really good news. Cause it means obviously you can turn the ship at any time you want. So just in the example of my husband, you know, one thing that we do at the beginning of coaching for any coaching engagement at all, we always start with asking, what is your dream? What is your ideal? Like scale one to 10, what's your 10 in every area of life? And where is it now and why? So the coach asks me, what's my ideal of my relationship with my husband? I come up with, well, I want to be deeply connected and intimate. I'm thinking long walks on the beach, pina coladas, right? The song. And um, I think it's everybody's, at least most women's dream. So, and then the next question she asks me is, you know, what's the current reality? Current reality, we're co-parenting, we're business partners, we fight, we don't sleep together anymore, et cetera. You know, and, and when she asks me why, my brilliant answer is, it's him. <laughs> he's he's not that he's a jock. He doesn't like to talk. He's not that kind of guy. I tried, right? And her and her answer is no. Maybe it's you, right? That's the name of the book. Maybe yeah. it's you. So she goes, maybe it's you. And I go, why you mean? And she says, well, what if that's not the reason? What if that's BS? Because you know he was a jock when you met him and you were connected. So what the heck, right? So that's BS. Go find me the real answer. And then, like I said before, she didn't just inspire me like, oh, you're going to have the marriage you want now. She didn't just debunk my dumbass theories that it was him, but she made me go talk to him. And she designed a conversation with me that I was like, I literally had to go bring my notes and sit down and say, honey, could you, could you talk about this? I want to tell you my dream. I want to, I want to figure out what's going on. I really care about you. I love you. And I really want to hear what you have to say. And, you know, my dream is this connected intimacy and not, we don't have it. Can you, can you tell me why? why you think that is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he turns, first he tries to get out of it. <laughs> no yeah, right. We're good. It's fine. And I realize, uh Oh, you know, my coach is waiting to hear how I did. I can't go back with that answer. I can't go back with, you know, having not sold my matchsticks. 
And so I say, honey, it's really okay. Whatever you say, I'm going to be fine. Just please just tell me what you think. It doesn't have to be right or wrong. I just want to hear. And he goes, okay. <laughs> I remember this. It was a long time ago. I remember this very clearly. He goes, okay, well, here goes. You know, I know that you get away with interrupting your friends and the way you talk, you guys talk over each other and you don't mean it personally or anything. But when I start to try to talk to you, I never get past two or three sentences before you interrupt me. Mm. And I don't know what that's like for your friends, but for me, it's like a physical assault. I can't get my train of thought back. And also what you interrupt me about, is usually about something that's on your mind. It's like something about what I've said that has to do with you. It's not even about what I'm trying to talk about. You take me totally off track. Mm. I stopped trying to talk to you years ago. Wow. Exactly. Right. I'm going on. Oh, that's not what I wrote in my homework. Right? For all, all the personal growth work I had never done. Nobody had ever made me go find out what his world was like, what his world was like. Yeah. From his so that's what, that's what personal responsibility is. Go figure out your impact on another human being and be willing to be vulnerable and listen to the answer. And in that moment, I knew I had a choice. I could defend myself. I could run away. I could yell. I could cry. I could be pretending I couldn't handle. I could do so many of the things I had done before. But in that moment, my whole life flash before me. I realized that this was the pinnacle of my issue of selfishness. He was just a pawn in my game of my evolution. And I said, holy crap, I'm so sorry. I, I said, love, honor, and cherish. I said, I would put you before anyone. And I never even listened to an entire story you had to tell. What a jerk. I'm such a jerk. I'm so sorry. And you could see his whole life flash before his face, right? He was like, oh, oh my God, <laughs> what's going on here? I'm resolving our whole relationship in one conversation. Wow. Yeah, so it, was, it was profound. That was the beginning of turning that around. Truly. And I made him a promise right then and there. No more interrupting. And to this day, 15 years later, if I interrupt, I have to do one of his chores. Like I, I don't, I, I still have the propensity to be selfish for sure, but it's on a leash, right? I don't let it, I don't let it rule my life. Okay, I take responsibility so for it. Let's talk about the chores because I know this is central to your to the program. And also for the listeners, I want to just call out the name of the book because um, we passed over it very quickly. And it's called Maybe It's You, Cut the Crap, Face Your Fears, Love Your Life by Lauren Zander. And Lauren was on the show a few episodes ago. So if you're listening and you want to go back and listen to that interview, that's um, up before this interview. So, um, so... Lori, let's talk about the chores because that is central to the method in terms of the promises. Can you explain that? Sure. Uh, well, I work with couples a lot. It's one of my specialties. And one of the things that couples fight about the most is who does what? Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Is that, I don't know if that's what yeah. you find out yeah. in who the does what? world. And yeah, yeah. Who does yeah. What? dividing it up and then resentment because someone didn't do it. Exactly. So one of the things we do with couples is deeply try to understand who should be in, in charge of what. So we don't divvy up chores based on one person's opinion. We base it on both people's opinions and we more base it on who's better at the thing and who cares about it more. So it's not fair in the traditional sense of fair. It's fair in the sense of I'm responsible for like I care about what my kids are wearing. My husband doesn't care about what they're wearing. It would be very foolish of me to make him responsible for mm -hmm. their clothing, right? He cares about how the car is maintained. I don't care at all. I want to completely take that for granted. So 
The chores are divvied up by who cares the most and who's the best at it. It doesn't mean you can't ask somebody else in the family for help with the chore or outsource the chore, but we believe in, we believe in taking responsibility for the things that we care about. It just works better that way. So, and then in terms of making and keeping promises, I don't, would not normally recommend that couples promise to each other what they're going to do. It's a, it's, it could work, but it can also be, you know, a bit tr- <laughs> troublesome to account to somebody you're married to for what you want to do, because you doing the things that you want to do for your life, your happiness, your balance is really between you and your higher self. It's really not about pleasing someone else. Ideally, it's not about pleasing someone else. Ideally, it's yeah. about being the person that you want to be, because right. that's a much stronger, it's a much stronger anchor. Yeah. Much less codependent, right? So we really want you to relate to your promises in life. Like they are what's going to bring you to your dreams and your visions. And if they also happen to really help your spouse or your partner, great. But it's not in order to get a certain reaction out of your spouse or partner. I could talk a lot more about promises in general if you want, but I but that, I'm gonna Yeah, that's a that's a good you. that's a good quick summary and just to to go back to the example when you um were sorting things out with your husband you promised not to interrupt him anymore and then every time you interrupted the 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 kind of chore that you had to do to make up for that was that you had to do one of his chores right exactly i hate chores i am selfish i would like to do no chores (laughs) i would Mm. like to just work all day and then hang out with my kids and watch TV. That's it. Like dishes, laundry, you know, taking the garbage out, all that to me is. So the idea is that you pick something you don't really want to do so that you don't, you know, so so that you don't mess up on your promise because you don't, you don't want to have to do that. Exactly. Okay. It is shockingly powerful how much, (laughs) you know, the reward of a good relationship did not inspire me. I didn't make the connection, but the annoyance of having to do a chore, I make the connection, right? I, I, taught myself how to shut up. Mm-hmm. And then if I if I don't, right? Like if I break my own rule and I mess up and I interrupt, which I do sometimes, uh, it's okay. I'm not a bad person. I just didn't stay true to myself in that moment and so I am happy. I mean, I'm annoyed to pay the consequence, but I'm glad that I can do something to make up for it instead of over-dramatizing the situation or feeling guilty or beating mm-hmm. myself up or you know, justifying eating a cake. <laughs> okay, so I think this the this conversation about helping couples and and really diving into how you d- divide up you know the responsibilities of the household is super important for listeners of the Well Woman Show because we are women who are juggling lots of different things. We're you know business owners. We're you know advancing in our careers. We're moms or other kinds of caregivers mm. or nurturers. And so there's just a lot going on. And I think in the past, like maybe, you know, quite a few decades ago, um, the roles of, of who did what, it was much clearer. Like, you know, yes. women stay home and, and have the babies and cook and clean and men, you know, do the other things. And it was it was very clear. And now that we have um, obviously progressed and, you know, women are, are doing everything else, uh it seems like it's more important now that we talk about this, but I don't think, right. I don't think the society has caught up with that idea. I think that, I think right. there's, there's still this kind of thought that like, well, we should just be able to figure that out. Like we don't need a coach. Mm. We don't need like a coach <laughs> to tell us how I to wish. do this. Right. Yeah. It's like thinking you should be able to stay in love forever and the sex should get better and better over time. 
It just doesn't unless you, it just doesn't unless you actually apply yourself to it. And I think that that's beautiful from a spiritual perspective. The fact that we have to grow up and mature and figure things out is good. It's not, it's not a punishment. It's not a curse. It's not an accident. It's part of our evolution. So anyway. Yeah. um, And also, also, I just want to say if something is hard work, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing. I mean, in fact, to the contrary, most people are most proud of the things that were difficult. Right. Yeah. So I just think there's a myth out there that's like, um, you know, it, this shouldn't be such hard work. Exactly. (laughs) People have that myth about love and relationship on a lot. Like, you know, sex shouldn't be such hard work and romance shouldn't be. Well, it's not that it's hard work. It's that we are not necessarily aligned philosophically we sometimes get hurt emotionally and we don't have the proper structures physically to win yeah. at a joint vision. And sometimes we've never even talked about our vision, much less aligned it with our partner. Right. This this is something I was very happy I got clear before I got married, which was like, you know, do we believe in equality? Do we think we owe the same to the relationship? Like, what do we really think about this? And there are people who think they owe more than 50%. There are people who think they owe less than 50%. There's people who think they owe 50 and you should really get to know the person you're dating or about to marry or that you have married already. What do they really philosophically believe? Hmm. Okay. So Lori, I want to take us to the segment called superpowers for success. So we can get some of those questions in. And the first question I have for you is what does success in life mean to you? Success in life means you are acting, you're planning, thinking, and acting in accordance with your own highest ideals. So it's not a universal answer. It's a personal answer. And Handel Group answers it with this concept of personal integrity, living true to your highest ideals. So thinking, so if my highest ideal is deep connection with my husband, my thinking and planning is he's great, he's a rock star, we have a joint resume, if he wins, I win, if I win, he wins. Uh, of course, we are having date night. We we have a slumber party every night at ten o'clock in the bed, and then <laughs> and then the action is I show up ten o'clock on the dot in the bed, and I show up for date night, and I speak to him the way I would speak to someone who's on my team, and I listen to him without interrupting. Mm. So it goes, you know, spiritual or philosophical, then mental, then physical. It yeah. filters down, and those, that's success. Those three areas, okay, and. When did you, Lori, know you were really good at what you do? Huh. <laughs> I, I only could think of all the times I've messed up when you asked ask that question. <laughs> that, was a very, that was a very interesting reaction on my part. When did I know? I, I, it was sometime between now and 15 years ago. <laughs> probably, probably within the first few years. There were many times I messed up and made mistakes and still do. But there was probably a time when there were a critical mass of people showing up to calls with me, showing up to workshops with me, showing up to events with me saying, you changed how I thought, you know, you changed how I behaved and it changed everything. And and then I knew all I had to do was keep teaching what I learned and it would keep working. Mm. Mm. Okay. And so can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your well-being? Oh, there's so many. My day is a series of personal habits that contribute to my well-being. And there's very little in my day that isn't a habit that contributes to my well-being, interestingly enough. right? I wake up. I meditate. I design my day in writing. I read, uh, you know, some inspiring things I've written about my life. I prepare for my day. 
you know, I prepare for my calls and my meetings. I think about what my intention is for each of those and write it down. Uh, and then my day is filled with amazingly nourishing things like helping people, giving interviews, you know, preparing to lead events, leading events. I, I meet my family for dinner every night at 630, which is incredibly nourishing because I love them and they're adorable. Um, I have regular time with my husband every night. As I said, I exercise about five times a week. Hmm. Um, I stretch 10 minutes. If I want to watch TV, I have to stretch. So I have those two things linked. So if I want to have, you know, blow off time, which I believe in, I have to stretch first. So I keep my body, you know, supple. Hmm. I have sex every week, very much a self-care ritual. Anybody who forgot that it actually feels good, please remember. Um, (laughs) that's my little public service announcement. Yeah, no, sex is really important. And does it have to be, uh, you know, obviously sex with your husband is really important, but what about self pleasure? Like, please, absolutely. (laughs) Highly, highly recommended. Did we talk about this on every every episode? (laughs) I just didn't want to leave that out for all the, all the women listening. Absolutely. You sex is whatever you think sex is, whatever it is for you right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, some form of, Intimacy with your body, pleasure with your body. Very important. Very important. Yeah. So I think I answered your question like yeah. times 20. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's that. Those are a lot of habits. And then what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? Um, BS busting. I was mm-hmm. raised to be a BS buster. I remember when, as a little kid, my father used to <laughs> he used to have us watch commercials and hunt for what was the BS in the commercial. Like, you know, who, what's the, yeah. how are they, how are they lying to you in this right. commercial? So I was, you know, raised uh, deeply inculcated with the idea that people are both, you know, people are BSing all the time. And so of course I BS myself well into my thirties about many important things into my life. And, and, and until I was really deeply unsatisfied and could see there was somebody who seemed to have the answer, I didn't break through my own. BS until she was, you know, brave enough to hold up a mirror to me and sort of not put it down until I could see my own BS. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it turns out I had the ability to detect BS all along. It had just been undercover. It had been hiding, Mm -hmm. conveniently hiding. Yeah. Right. That moment. Okay. And what advice would you give your younger self, say 25 or 30 years old? You know, I really have no regret about how I've lived my life. Every mistake I've made has been a learning and a lesson and humbling. So I, it is hard for me to say what, I, I don't regret anything. Mm-hmm. But if I could send a message to the world and know that the world was listening, like anybody was listening to me and could hear what I have to say, I would give the advice, tell the truth. Tell the mm-hmm. truth to yourself and tell the truth in general. Even when it's super scary. Even when it's scary, figure out how to tell the truth, right? It doesn't mean blurt out everything you think, but figure out how to tell the truth, right. even when it's scary. Yeah. Okay. Last couple of questions. Do you identify as a feminist? That word is so loaded. Mm-hmm. I, I, that word and so many words right now are so loaded that I am reticent to identify with any particular label, including life coach, actually. Mm-hmm. But if I was pressed, of course, I would say I'm a feminist. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. With that I mean, caveat. Right. Okay. Yeah. On this show, we define feminism as uh, working for social, economic, and political equality. So, uh, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. Okay. Last question, Lori. What are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? 
there's no book on my nightstand. There's no book on my nightstand, but somebody just told me to read the red prophet. I haven't read it yet, but there's no book on my nightstand. I, and- I literally read people's life stories all day long. Mm. Um, and I enjoy a good novel on a vacation, mm-hmm. but I am not reading anything that I would recommend to other people right. in, in, in those, you know, in that regard. So you're, I, uh, so I you're, love our book though. Maybe it's even uh, a good one. Yeah. If you need a self-help book, that's a good one. <laughs> well, we'll link to that in the show notes for sure. And it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today, Lori. If you're linking to things, I also think if people want to do something experiential, which I think is even better than reading, they can take our quiz to actually oh, yeah. do that. Remember I said, you have to look at your life and compare your ideal to where you are mm-hmm. now. We have a little five minute quiz that helps you do that. That will help you see you know, exactly what there is to see to maybe prioritize what you go to work on since there's so many things. And of course, we also give free consultations about coaching. If anybody is interested in that, that should be, that should be available to your folks as well. Oh yeah, for sure. I I wanted to mention that actually. So thanks for bringing that up. Um, The current reality quiz and we'll link to it in the show notes. And uh, we also have, which we'll put in the show notes, um, a code wellwoman75 for uh, $75 off of a subscription to your uh, coaching program. So um, you can go to interview.coach and and also, like I said, we'll put all these links in the show notes at wellwomanlife.com. And uh, anything else you wanted to add there? No, that's great. I think you know, if you have questions about the digital coaching program or the live coaching program or anything that we do, the best thing to do is to have a 30 minute consult. They're mm-hmm. totally free, no obligation just to hear, you know, what the choices are, yeah. but definitely don't forget to write down that code. Cause that's a nice little discount. Yeah. And, um, Thank and you. definitely take the quiz cause that that's nothing. That's yeah. free and, and five minutes and we'll definitely give you a sense of where to focus. Nice. Okay. Thank you for that. Wellwoman75 is the coupon code and we'll link to it in the show notes. Lori, it's been great having you on the show today. Thank you for having me. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your Wellwoman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join us. Our monthly live event, Well Women Drinks, brings women together to share our successes and challenges as women, leaders, moms, aunts, sisters, and all the other roles we carry. If you'd like to attend a Well Woman Drinks near you, or if there isn't one in your city yet and you'd like to start one, email info at wellwomanlife.com. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe in iTunes and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening today, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.